Welcome to the Mind, Sex and Spirit podcast with Caitlin Cook. This is the place for intelligent, expansive and no-fluff explorations into embodied awakening, healing and growth. Janine, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's lovely to be here with you, Caitlin. (laughs) Can you start a little bit about talking about the dark because there's a lot of I don't know, fear and judgment around the dark or people talk about going through dark times and the dark night of the soul. And like, it's this thing to kind of maybe endure and then get through Mm, Um, and maybe to be feared a little bit as well. Can you talk a bit about like what, what the dark means for you? Yeah, sure. My favorite subject. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I think one of the things with the dark is that it's used in many different contexts. And so people have different definitions of what dark means to them, what definition they have, or what conditioning they have around what dark is as well. So um, dark can be be used in uh, the way of polarity, like as in the opposite to light. And then Mm -hmm. so obviously we can have light and dark as in something is a light colour or a dark colour, but also we can have light and dark energies where light is more subtle energies and dark is more dense energy, so more kind of earth energy as opposed to more cosmic energies, for instance. And Uh so that's one definition of dark. Um, And then... The other definition of dark is that dark is evil um, and is typically when people are using dark in that context, they're usually talking about shadow, um, which for me is parts of ourself that we've cast off and, and go into shadow and become kind of rejected, denied parts of ourselves. And so they can go into the shadow and the shadow can then um, play out unconsciously and because there's a lot of um, repression or rejection around lower chakras so sexuality money power they're the kind of things that typically go into the dark however light qualities can also go into the dark into the shadow as well so dark can be used in the context mm. of shadow and then there's also another dark um, which is closer to my heart and it's the dark that's beyond polarity and it's more a vibrational dark, a dark light that emanates from the galactic centre and it's beyond duality. So it's not used in the sense of polarity, of light and dark. It's a dark mm-hmm. duality. So, yeah, so they're the different kinds of dark. So it depends, you know, the dark night of the soul. So I guess dark is also used in the context of going through a a difficult period in life can be also described as a dark um, period. So so I guess when talking about the dark, it's really important to put it in context about which dark is being being talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess even at that like emotional level when talking about the dark night of the soul, it's like before when you were talking about different energies and like the light is like a sort of like finer vibration or like like less dense, mm. like air mm. versus, um, you know, earth. It's like, like, like having a, sh- a really shit time in life. It's like we sort of become the metaphor for that. Like it does feel more dense and mm. gritty and messy. Yeah. So – yeah, I feel like there's kind of like a, a symmetry 
with that. For sure. And particularly when emotional energies are blocked, when they're stuck, that's when it tends to feel darker um, because when Mm. it's moving through, it's vibrational. And even if it's grief, even if it's rage, even if it's um, sadness or or emotional energies that people might typically describe as being dark, um, when they're moving through and vibrating through the body, they don't feel dark. It's more when they're blocked or repressed or stuck, um, which is really mm. is in my view is emotion, the emotional body that's in stuckness. Um, so it, it can feel dark when actually it's more that the emotional body's stuck and is not moving. So in a way it's kind of like we should replace, like change our vocabulary and replace our idea of darkness actually with stuckness. Well, that's like, like in terms of that, that heaviness and that like thing that's like, oh, gross, like it's stuck in my throat kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or even just using yeah. words like heaviness and things like that rather than labeling dark. Although, you know, there's nothing wrong with labeling things dark either. It's just being clear about what context we're using the word dark in. Yeah. Mm. And so when you were talking before about the darkness that goes beyond polarity, I guess in that sense, I'm also just thinking about those really exquisite um, moments in meditation or something as well, where it's just like this sense of oneness and there isn't, like there's no separation, yeah. there's no distance. And is that is that kind of like a sense of what you mean of the, the dark that goes beyond polarity? Mm. So people can experience different things in meditation because sometimes they go into more of an ascension place. So it could be... Um, have what people might uh, term more of a lighter quality or a light quality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me, the dark light is more encompassing of everything. So it's not just an ascension place. It's a place that that it has an integration of ascension and descent. Um so it's it's almost like it's behind both those things. So it's got a it's got a mm-hmm. quality to it, um, in my experience. Yeah, yeah. There's a beautiful um, quote that I read, or maybe a friend just told it to me. It wasn't a quote, but this idea that when you're on Earth, you experience night and day, night and day, night and day. But then when you zoom out and say sit on the moon and look at the Earth you're not experiencing night and day anymore. You're, you're kind of seeing it as the whole. And I, yeah, it's like sometimes it's like we get so caught in this, um, I don't know, framework of duality and which is, there's no problem with that, but just that it, that's not all that there is, that there is actually going beyond that as well. Yeah. I think I, it, it's it, what I see is the problem is when people polarize one way or the other. So either they're stuck in duality and think that's all it, there is or they're actually stuck in oneness and think that's all there is. <laughs> so it's because both are true. Yeah. So I feel like there's a sweet spot yeah, yeah. where we're aware of our own humanity and living in the world of duality and the experiences and emotions and um, feelings that come with that. But also we, we also have an awareness of oneness as well and that there's more than that and and keeping both of those realities alive at the same time. Mm. So why why do you feel the dark any any elements of the the dark that you've just talked about why are they important for for a someone someone just to 
be living a life where they feel genuine joy in a relationship that feels alive and true, feeling um, freedom from, I don't know, stuckness and those like heavy kind of sticky emotions. Like how does the dark, contacting the dark, how does that play into this? Why is it important? Mm, Yeah, Um, it's a good question. And for me, for me when people are living in kind of lightness and joy all the time, there's an ungroundedness to it. Um, because integrating mm. the dark doesn't mean you're not light or you don't feel joy. <laughs> it means you still can feel those things, but they have more root. They've got roots and they're more grounded. Um, and so like in my own experience of life, I was on a very light ascendant path and was spending <clears throat> many years in the light and going more into the light. Um, and so in what way? Like how are you going into the light? So we're very new age, so really living in the kind of spiritual bypass place a lot of the time. Um, in the Yeah, like loving the angels and the peace and love. Yeah, and, and, and we're all one and that's all there is and everything else is an illusion and that kind of place. And there is a love uh-huh. and a joy that can come from that as well. Um, but my path even though I was going trying to go further into the light, my path took me down into the dark. And what I realized was that there was a whole half of my life that I wasn't experiencing or feeling. And as I went into the dark and and descended into the dark and started to move through some of the stuckness and repression that was there, I discovered something underneath that, and which is more of an ecstatic vibration in the earth, in, in, in the dark, that also is joyful, that also... Um, has a vibration around it that can be quite subtle um, but it feels grounded it feels it feels like earthed in the body feet in the earth um, energy in the womb in the pelvic bowl a sense of groundedness um, to lightness and joy if that makes sense so you were saying um, angels and light and there's uh, believing everything is oneness and there's a lot of beauty in that but it kind of it doesn't have the grounding well that, that's been my experience anyway um so I spent a lot of my life on a on an ascension path and going more and more into the light and wanting to experience more and more lighter vibrations um kind of going down the new age track and those kind of things um, but then it became clear to me that actually what was needed was I needed to descend and experience the other half that I wasn't experiencing. And so that was not only descending through the emotional body, repression of sexual energy, all those kind of things, um, but going and descending through that to discover what was underneath that. And what I discovered underneath that was a, a sacred place of groundedness and depth and um, and the sacredness that's held in matter deep down in the dark that's a different place to the heaviness of emotions and suppression and, res- and repression. Um, and so for mm. me, experiencing that has brought a deeper groundedness, a more embodiment to um, – it, it's embodying then the lighter energies as well. Um, so, yeah, becoming a more whole and integrated being. So you've – allowed yourself to look into the dark into the and across those sort of three definitions like you've looked at 
um, the denser, like denser mm. vibration, mm. shadow and emotion, sexuality, and then also this kind of like all-encompassing mm. beyond duality darkness. How how has that affected your like day to day or? And like for other people who are perhaps that haven't put their toe into this field, into this, into these waters, like what, what sort of the, what would you like to have told yourself, like your ascension love and light person of 10 years ago, however, however long ago it was, what would you tell her that you know now? Yeah. Or, or perhaps because maybe she was scared or judged the dark. Yeah, or well, she was very afraid of the dark because she'd been brought up a Catholic and had a strong Christian base. So there was a mm-hmm. lot of fear of lower chakras and dark energies and evil and all the, um, I guess, the dogma that goes along, all the belief systems that go along with that. So there was, there was a fear of the dark. And also there was, like, as I started going into my emotional body into my physical body there was a lot of fear actually in my body as well so going into the light was a way of existing I guess or bypassing that and it's not that that part of me was doing anything wrong I value that time in my life I learned a lot I learned a lot about the light I learned a lot about ascension my awareness um, increased and strengthened during that time but what I know now that I didn't know then is that I wasn't in full embodiment. I wasn't fully connected to my life force. I wasn't fully connected to life. I hadn't fully descended Mm. and put my feet on the ground on the planet. So so how that translates in day-to-day life is feeling more here, feeling more alive, feeling more grounded in the way I experience life, I express life, even how I speak, and having greater mastery around meeting Mm. life each moment by meeting feelings that are arising and not being scared of them or running from them or trying to avoid them even though I didn't know Mm. that that's what I was doing. Yeah, I really loved when you were describing – the like emotion like stuck emotion as feeling heavy or dark versus like even if it's grief or anger or sadness or you know whatever but if it's moving it doesn't actually feel heavy it feel it feels like like intensely alive or something and that's kind of what was coming to me as you were saying that as well it's like not being afraid of all the spectrum of life that comes at you and being able to sort of be a, a channel that allows it to move through you. Exactly. It's meeting life in its fullness um, no matter what's coming, you know. And even before I started on my mm. descent path, in fact, this is probably one of the catalysts to me going on my descent path, was um, my father dying very suddenly when I was 25. And even though I wasn't able to go fully into the grief at that time, um I was able to go into the grief that was overflowing beyond what I could contain and hold. And in that experience, when it was taking me uncontrollably and the sobbing and the deep wailing that happens when the emotional body is fully expressing, I could feel the devastation. And at the same time, there was this feeling of this intense aliveness that was there that I 
also experienced when my child was born. Mm. So there's something about being in the primal aliveness of what's moving through with life force that's experienced even in in emotions that we might term as being negative or bad or that we were trying to keep away from and not experience. Mm. Yeah, they're just life moving through us really. And mm. the more we can open to that, the more we can meet life and, and feel more alive. I, I did a podcast with Chantal Raven as well and we talked about the how it's like we come to this planet you know, first existing in a soul realm mm. and but like choosing to have these bodies and these bodies that don't just have joy and peace and sweetness and pure health but we have broken legs and mm. herpes and pain and sadness and all sorts of things and somehow it's like yeah, when how did we lose? I mean, the humans have a natural tendency to avoid pain, and that we think that pain is a it's going to kill us or it's going to be like a detriment to our health, right? Mm. So, do you feel like there was a time that maybe humans were better at allowing these intensities to move through us, or do you feel like it's actually sort of rewiring a um, a persuasion that we have like to avoid that because I mean like it doesn't not like grief I um, yeah h- help me with this because it's mm-hmm. like I was gonna say grief is not pleasurable but actually I know that when you really or when I really open to it there is kind of a pleasure in it actually yeah. and not not like a like a masochistic pleasure there's just this kind of like it's all it's kind of orgasmic yeah the, the that feeling that intensity even in the pain yeah but yeah so i don't know like i don't know if that's not really a, a question exactly but what i guess what i'm trying to say is like generally we have this aversion to feeling that intensity of pain and so on and so in this way you're kind of rewiring it right to, to open to that rather than to close. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I you know, hearing you, the the confusion around how at one level we're, we're wired at a primal level to move towards pleasure and away from pain and then, then, then the con- confusion then around, well, if grief is pain, why would we move towards that and how can we feel alive? But I think there's a difference between moving away from physical pain and towards physical pleasure and the story that we have created around a mm. body. because if you look at if you look at um it's it's really it's a westernized thing really if you look at primal tribal mm. societies who are earth-based and who are connected with land and connected with the emotional body they have rituals and things to support the emotional body moving through and you know some some cultures are very passionate in their in their expression of grief throwing themselves on the ground ripping their clothes ripping their hair like wailing like the wailing and it's it's and it's not private it's like it's not you private know. and it's not seen as wrong it's celebrated whereas yeah. in our culture we have that thing around you know, the person that's rewarded because they didn't cry at the funeral. They were, they're so strong. You know, we have that. Yeah. Where it's, yeah. it's a badge of honour if you can 
hold and contain your emotional body. So I feel like that's a learned response. I don't think that's a natural response. If you look at a young child, a young child doesn't, yeah. cont- doesn't hasn't come in and controlled. <laughs> that's <their> true. <laughs> that the natural expression is yeah. the emotional body moves through, but we get conditioned, particularly in the West, to repress that, yeah. Mm. And I really, yeah, I do see that difference between the the protecting the comfort of your body, the physical body, like you don't want to like put your hand over a fire for too long, for example. But there, there is a difference with the with the emotional body and how we a relate to it, like understand it, conceptualize it, how culturally we relate to it, and then actually what then what we do with it. Mm. So yeah, I, I get that. And so what are the ways that, yeah, that you've kind of allowed this darkness to move through you and for you to arise in the darkness? Like, like what are some practices or, mm. or also things that you, you didn't do? Like, for example, you talked about your like super ascension mm-hmm. spiritual path. Like, did it mean that you stopped meditating or you stopped affirmations or and what did you start doing yeah well I I did stop those things for a while because um they were they were they were continuing to take me into bypass so I started I started meditating but in a different way so rather than kind of the more sitting still meditation third eye meditation ascending meditations I was more bringing mindfulness to what was happening in my emotional body and yeah, working with it in a different way. But it, in essence, I, were, I, I went into more descent practices and body-based practices. So dance as meditation. So being present while I felt and vibrated my body and let my body move how it wanted to move, not with my will controlling it. So going into like chaotic death, mm. chaotic movement and, and just allowing the body to express and feel, um, moving the emotional body um, with breath and and with sound and letting emotions have a shape and moving the emotional body, spending time in nature and connecting with the earth. Um, so they were things that supported me to start getting into the body and and learning how to to move through the layers, go like descend into the emotional body and, and move through the layers of the emotional body. Because what I, what I experience is with every emotion, when we really go into it and move through the emotion and keep going down through the layers and down and keep opening and opening and opening, eventually we get to the ecstasy underneath it. And then we can bring that through mm-hmm. and we pattern and reshape and, um, and, and, and bring in the awareness of maybe of, of what was going on with our emotional body if we're needing that those those particular insights but it's a different way to try and start mm. going into the mind and trying to work out what's going on or doing certain mental practices or, or different things to try and work out there's a difference between actually going in and letting the body fully express that then just awareness drops in um, clarity starts to drop in from a different place I really love that so it's like it's like these um these gates that you pass through and then and it's not like you're oh yeah like And the more that you release and the more you open to it, and then eventually there's these places of ecstasy. And also I've heard you say about piercing it to innocence. Mm, Yeah. Um, There's like a a sweetness and 
yeah, sort of, I don't know if simplicity is the right word, but yeah, like an innocence. Can you talk a bit about that as well? About innocence? About what you mean by, yeah, about the innocence that's sort of behind these things that might have these really scary faces and scary feelings and overwhelming, you know, states, but that there's innocence behind it. Yeah. Or things we might judge, for example. Yeah, for sure. So for me, the way I use the word innocence is when we can pierce our judgments of ourselves or others um, through to innocence. So whatever we're holding any kind of judgment, um, there's contraction in our body and there's contraction in our heart. And there's a, di- there's a difference between the new age bypass and, you know, forgiving everything and making everything okay. It's not, it's not that place. It's actually going through the portals of the emotional body and feeling, experiencing and moving through to what's in contraction around our judgments that can then pierce ourselves and others to innocence. And so from that place, there's a a grounded place where it doesn't mean we don't address things. doesn't mean we don't have discernment. It doesn't mean we can even bring, we don't ex- express a ferocity of the heart um, around certain things mm. going on. But there's a difference between doing that from a place of judgment and a difference from calling things out from a place of love. It's a completely different thing. And for me, creating change in the world or, or having people even be, to be able to receive what I may have for them. If I'm not doing, if I'm not seeing who they are through it, they're not going to fully receive it. They're going to be in combat to it. They're going to be in protection against what I'm saying because they're going to feel the judgment. And um, like say, for example, like Donald Trump or something, like how would you relate, like how do you pierce Donald Trump to innocence? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the first thing is, 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 is there a charge on Donald Trump? So, you know, when, when, if, if you, when you, you feel into that person, is there some kind of charge? So for me, that tells me there's judgment. So if, um, uh-huh. if I was feeling a, a charge with Donald Trump, then I would, um, I would run that charge. So I would maybe speak whatever I would need to speak to him and then actually run the feeling of what I'm judging him for. So maybe I'm judging him for being arrogant or maybe I'm judging him for being power hungry or grabbing a woman's pussy. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. That. <laughs> so, um, so I would run my feelings around that and I would try to find that part in me and feel when integrate that part of myself so because when I can integrate it in myself and pierce it to innocence what that means is I understand the pain that's driving it and when Mm. I understand the pain that's driving it I can then address it firmly and strongly so if I met Donald Trump and he grabbed my ass I would fucking address it I would address it with ferocity I would address it with my full transmission but not from a place Mm. of hate or uh, or judgment, you know, I would be able to speak from a more authentic place. In a way, it kind of also just reminds me of um, like judgment creates a separation, but when like what you're describing, it's like you're you're feeling the Donald Trump within you. You're feeling whatever it is that is motivating that behavior that I'm judging. Mm. 
actually like feeling it within myself and like yeah just that I'm not actually so different like or the 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 essence the the seed of that thing is not so different between us the way I see the world is that um every potential of humanity is is within me and that Mm -hmm. um and that and 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 I believe it's in in each person and until we can recognize that and realize that then we we start playing out these judgments and and sure you know it's easy in western culture when we've got a roof over our head and financially secure and and got different things that perhaps we may not behave in a certain way but but put us in another situation where we're in survival or where we're in scarcity or like as in life and death scarcity we might behave completely differently and um, born into a male body, I might behave completely mm. depending how my sexuality was received in my family and my culture, and whether I was taught mm. through my body and 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 to um, to vibrate that, and how to work with my phallus, and how to penetrate life and others with um, with love and consent. If I wasn't taught those things, and my sexual energy was repressed, then maybe I might be a Donald Trump and grab someone's pussy. <laughs> You know, like it's it's recognizing that we have all these potentials within mm. us and owning them and feeling them, that then we can address things yeah. in a way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, this is yeah, massively resonating. I think particularly at this time in our I don't know. I, I know I was speaking to one of my my friends' mothers, and she said every generation thinks that this is the last that the apocalypse is like next year. Mm. Like you know, it was the world wars, it was the AIDS epidemic, and you know, generations before there was always like something happening that people were like, "Shit, man, humanity's really fucked this up this time." But it seems like this generation, particularly, like there is some real, like big stuff happening at the interpersonal, at the environmental, at the nation level, like every, you know, so much happening. So, yeah, I feel like this is more than just nonviolent communication ways to try and figure out our problems. It's actually like really taking like ownership and dissolving the, it's dissolving the charge. It's dissolving that separation. It's, it's dissolving the us and them kind of thing. Just on that theme, because, you know, when we start talking about what's going on with the planet at the moment, you know, it's a big, big theme. <laughs> it's a big, big theme. And um, I think it's related to the dark, actually, because if it's our disconnection from the darkness, it's a dis- di- disconnection from matter, the vibrational frequency of the earth, um, knowing ourselves as beings of the earth that allows us to live in a sustainable way with the planet and mm. others. when we're disconnected from that, that's when we're in this other place that's creating the mess that's there at the moment. So I see one of the fastest ways to shift that is for people to connect with the vibrational frequency of matter of the earth and fully fucking descend and land here and recognize ourselves mm. as a cell in this planet and to be moving from that place which shifts everything. Yeah, and it, so it's not just like a, a personal development piece 
it's actually like a collective development piece. Yeah, it's well, it's a it's cell in the organism more than a personal development because it's 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 a soul piece actually. Mm-hmm. Recognizing ourselves as souls and and our role of coming into the density of this planet and landing here and and taking yeah. our place in this home that we've come to on this planet that's here and descend fully into that and feel it and recognize ourselves as part of this being of earth rather than this separate thing that we can just suck off the tit from um, endlessly. <laughs> mm. And and just try and try and just have the most pleasant experiences possible, like squeezing and resisting when anything shit's happening and then finally breathing when things are like joyful and sweet again. But actually, yeah, like really being alive and being open to every moment on, on in in life. Well, in my experience, if we're connected with the earth, vibrating with the ecstasy that's what I experience in the core of the earth and experience mm. that's connected, we can't help but start to live in a more loving, sustainable way. <laughs> it's those two things go mm. together. It's the disconnection from mm. the earth. Um and ourselves and the present moment that's creating so much of what we're seeing, you know, people looking for connection in other places through money, through greed, through um, connection, through Facebook, through all those different things, the striving, basically deep longing for connection and belonging. Um, if we can bring that home and fully land here and, and find that experience through our connection with the earth, then I believe we can create sustainable change. Yeah. Mm. And what role does the womb play in all of this? Mm. Yeah. Well, obviously, I feel it it, it <laughs> creates a big role because that's the the you know the main piece that I feel like I'm holding um, in the world. So for me, um, the womb, and when I speak about the womb, it's like obviously we have a womb in a female body, but also male bodies can access their womb energy as well in their etheric body, in their in their feminine aspect. Um, so for me, the womb is the feminine center and the feminine center that can also then connect to the womb of the earth and connect us to matter. It's It's one of the portals to support us to really start moving from this place of connection with matter and with our bodies and with the feminine essence, with life force, with vibration, moving with vibration rather than from the mind. And how do you do that? Mm, how do you connect with the womb? Is that what you're meaning? Yeah, yeah. And how do you, how do you like, I've just got this little vision of Stargate. I don't know if you know that TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like how do you like switch the button on, like portal is open, step through it, yeah, and then do your business there. Yeah. Like how do you – how? Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a magic formula, but but, um, yeah. but it, I feel like when – when it's time to connect with the womb, there's a knowing that this piece is now. Um, 
most people are connected mm-hmm. with their work. Like it finds you, not not just you find it's it. And knowing that that's the next step because I feel like first there's embodiment, mm-hmm. it's connecting with the emotional body, there's starting to connect with sexual energy and then it's, you know, the feminine essence, connecting with the feminine essence and initially she's young, she's in her maiden form and at some point she's ready to mature and deepen and connect with the womb. And really a lot of women are very disconnected with their womb and obviously a lot of male bodies as well in that um, for a lot of women they only are aware of their womb when either there's menstrual cramps or childbirth and the rest of the time Mm -hmm. there's no awareness around the womb at all. Um, So the first thing really is, is to be aware that there is a womb and bringing loving awareness to that at that point just by bringing the breath and awareness, breathing in and out the womb point just below the belly button, bringing the center of awareness down from the mind into that part of the body and starting to really breathe into that, that area can start to support the activation of the womb. And then when the womb's ready, when, when she's ready to really open, then there's different um, practices and rituals and things out there to support that that happening and one of them is really connecting deeply with the menstrual blood um not from a not from a maiden initiation place but from actually working deeply with the womb blood and the vibrational essence of the womb blood and it can also support the learning and and deepening with the womb Mm. and what sort of things did you notice like I, I'm imagining that maybe like because the the womb is a, a portal to the dark, to matter, to mm. embodying that 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 frequency. Yeah. So everything that you were describing before about when you were contacting the dark more and 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 allowing the dark, opening to the dark, was that also true with the womb? Like everything that, that you were experiencing with the womb or was there, were there some other aspects to when you started to work with the womb, other things were moving for you? Yeah, it was, it was connected because initially I started on the part, on the path of descent and going into the dark. And then as I was, as I started going along that path then the womb piece came in and for the womb, Mm -hmm. womb piece supported me to go deeper into the vibrational frequencies of matter. Um, to connect my womb with the womb of the earth um, mm-hmm. and really understand the earth from a different place. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have the story around the earth that um, the earth is dying and needs healing and, and I feel like a lot of wounds get projected onto the earth. But in my experience, the earth isn't dying. The earth is so strong and has so much power and vibrational energy at its core. Um, the earth's not dying, <laughs> but humanity on top of the earth who are pecking away at the surface <laughs> and feeding off the resources beyond what can be sustainable, that's that's what's um, that's what's dying, not the earth. Mm. Take Mm-hmm. 5,000 years or 10,000 years or 100,000 years, but but the forests will come back and the water will, you know, the, it, things will go back to homeostasis when there's not the imbalance that's throwing it out. So so it 
helped me really understand the power in the earth and that the earth's not punishing people with storms and earthquakes and hurricanes. It's like, it's just, that's just the, you know, the earth's trying to keep itself in balance, you know, and we project so much. Mm, and cause and effect. Yeah, we project yeah. out onto the earth. So connecting with the true power of the earth and then also with the womb, so there's, there's that first link, understanding more matter. And then also there's a cosmic womb as well, which we're all birthed from, which all creation comes from. And it's also got a vibration of dark light. So the womb work versus mm-hmm. the personal connection with your own womb, then it takes you deep into matter and understanding the mysteries of matter and the density and the, and the ecstasy that upwells from deep inside the earth. And then there's the understanding of the galactic center and the, the cosmic energies and the womb energies of the cosmos and working with those three wombs together at an esoteric and soul level. So it's, it's deep work and it goes, um, it goes through through many different portals, but it's a it's a path of divinity for me. It's a sacred path, and um, it crosses all realms of being. Mm. And that's a, and that's the work that you lead people through, right? We're just in our last few minutes, so maybe now would be a good time if you want to share a little bit more about the yeah how you support people on on these on this journey yeah so i um so I, I i do quite a few things around the world but one of the pieces that i'm doing is the shamanic womb journey and it's it's the deepest piece that we, that we weaves through my other work um the easter work and different things other things that i do um so it's it's i, I do uh, a group of for women and also i'm working with um with Rex McCann and we, we also do a womb journey for male bodies as well. But in essence, taking people through womb activation to support, um, support womb activation and support the opening of the different gates and portals in the womb that can um, open into these different places deep in the earth and into the cosmos where we can um, start to access um, so much more than who we think we are at a personal level. But it's connecting with the vibrational essence mm. of the feminine in such a deep way. It's so exquisite, the ecstatic vibration that's there um, that and can be accessed through the womb. So it's, yeah, it's deep and important work. And it's a revealing path because mm. it's a creation path. It's, a, it's how the feminine manifests through creation and, so the work is continually revealing itself um, as we keep going into different containers and and bringing this work through with different groups. Mm. Amazing. And I'll share more about how people can find you as well, um, or even now, redearthtemple.com, yeah, right? that's it, <laughs> redearthtemple.com. Yeah, that's the best way, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. And um, just when you were talking about activated womb, because that's a uh, we hadn't quite framed it in that way um, before. How how can you tell if you have an activated womb or not? Yeah, so if the womb's not activated, not very aware of it, not really connected with it, can't feel it. When the womb's activated, mm-hmm. you, you can feel it. You can breathe into it. It, it. it pulses. It's got a heartbeat. It vibrates. It guides through vibration. Um, it, it it guides through the way it to the way you experience and feel it. So it it mm-hmm. will vibrate towards um, 
towards things on your path that are going to uh, support and serve you and it'll it'll not vibrate if there's a you know towards a path that's not going to vibrate you know serve you so uh, Mm. it's it's a guidance it's a guidance symbol but not through thoughts not through awareness through feeling and through vibration Mm. so kind of like like having a gut feeling about something except for this is like a womb feeling it's like an orientation. I feel like a gut feeling is kind of more in the is more in, intuitive in the emotional body. This is a vibe. It's vibrational. Uh-huh. It's a frequency. The womb works on frequency. She's the she's the song that the song lines in the earth. She's the vibrational frequencies, um, and we have these keys inside us that have these different vibrational frequencies that we can we can learn to tune into to really open and activate the full potential of our womb and our creative force. Mm. So for people who want to activate their womb to tap into this wisdom, yeah, get in touch with Janine. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Janine. This has been such an awesome talk and I feel inspired. I feel grounded. I feel, I feel that, um, that simultaneous up feeling and, sink like sinking feeling is a wrong wrong way to say it but descending feeling I'm feeling that I'm feeling very enlarged after this conversation so thank Mm, you it's been beautiful sharing with you Caitlin and um, being a part of your journey um over the years and um seeing what you're creating here with these podcasts and all the other expressions you have in the world thanks for listening to the mind sex and spirit podcast for more resources like this To work with me one-on-one or to join me for an event, visit caitlincook.com. Sign up to the newsletter for monthly inbox gems about the mind, sex, and spirit. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Caitlin Cook. I want to say a huge thank you to our sponsor for this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you enjoyed this episode, please visit patreon.com forward slash Caitlin Cook to support the next season of the Mind, Sex and Spirit podcast. Your support really helps. So thank you.